it is so disturbing and so uncomfortable and so just awful. Oh, but it's brilliant. Have you tried maybe not being so much of an asshole? People don't talk like this in real life, or if they do, I don't know you and I don't want to know you. Michael Mann's right outside your window just filming the shit out of this. Yeah, Milestar makes continually bad decisions. Pour me a tab and give me some more hairspray. I am without a doubt going to piss myself. It's gonna happen. Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net with more gold medals than Michael Phelps on PlayStation. <laughs> but much less Zika virus. Yes. Much I'm Eric Warner. I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> and how are we doing tonight, sir? Oh, uh, good. I'm, I'm recovering from shenanigans of last night down here in Florida, but uh, I'm doing well. Just took it nice and easy today. Nice nap and just chilled out. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Up to my eyeballs and kids and work and all kinds of uh, craziness today, but that's all right. It's, uh, it's a Thursday and tomorrow's Friday and, oh shit, I just remembered I forgot to take out the trash. I better do that tonight. I'm sure I'll remember after the show. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, probably, what, are probably our, what are our proud sponsors for the evening? <laughs> Mine's I'm, I'm still riding this McNaughton train, man. Oh, it, really? It's, I, yeah, it's right there in that, that lower, lower, lower upper tier of yeah. garbage that we shove down our face holes. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I must say, I, I'm, I'm sure you've probably had it before or at least have heard of it, but I'm, I've got a bottle of Lord Calvert on hand tonight. Um, and it, you know, I, I've seen it on the bottom shelf below the bottom shelf uh, yes. <laughs> many a times and I've never had the balls to actually pull the trigger on it. How is it? I will be taking my first sip in about two minutes. <laughs> I, oh, why or now? Minutes? Or now. Let's uh, see here. Uh, catch up. What's going on? Hey, it's, it's a Canadian blend. The end. Moving on. <laughs> Canadian blend or whatever. It's, it's, they taste pretty much all the same. It, I can tell this is not like bottom, bottom, bottom of the barrel, but for $9, hey, not bad. <laughs> as far as our shot taste buds run. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine the, uh, the ecstatic applause from everybody, uh, that listens to our show if we would say, Tonight I'm drinking Cuddy Sark. What are you drinking? That's oh, right. I'm drinking Johnny Walker. <laughs> Blue Label. Yes, Blue Label. <laughs> Never in a million years will you hear and that gl- on our Glenn, show. Or Glenn Levitt. You catch me on a, on a week or a, a week when I'm on vacation. That's when I get my yearly annual bottle of Glenn Levitt. Or if uh, Brother Ned hooks me up with one on my birthday, that's usually about the only times that I can justify, you know, sp- Dropping the forty on a yeah. on a bottle of some good scotch, yeah, that you know will last all of three days, maybe. Oh, I, I always say I'm going to put this on the shelf, and I'm just going to touch it on special occasions, and then you go back after one night of that and have a couple of drinks of this garbage, and you're like, "Ooh, how do I drink this swill?" Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's it's top shelf stuff versus running to the bathroom and. Destroying your toilet uh, whiskey shits. <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> Fantastic. Yep, okay. And with that, let's move into the roulette, where we force each other to watch movies in the hopes of finding those gems and avoiding their grenades. Uh, this week it is The Naked Prey up against Baskin, and you have the pole position, sir. I'm going to let you go first. Okay, Baskin. Baskin. A uh, 2015 movie from... I. 
I believe this movie was uh, shot in Turkey. And, uh, okay, so I had heard a lot about this movie before it popped up on Netflix. And I must say I was surprised that it uh, it did pop up on Netflix so quick because it just got a, uh, a Blu-ray DVD uh, streaming release. And this was this was in theaters not that long ago. We had the opportunity opportunity to get this movie at our theater in Akron, but uh, we chose not to. Which, having said that, after watching the movie, I completely understand why the decision was made to not get this movie. And it's not a bad movie at all. Uh, there is some great stuff in this movie, but this is a very very small percentage of the population that I personally think would enjoy or like this type of movie. Uh, this is pretty extreme stuff here, and it's also kind of art. Uh, it's it's very inaccessible, or it tries to be somewhat inaccessible, but the horror fan in me really likes the horror aspect, so that's why I am giving this movie a, a thumbs up. It's not huge, but I will say I've been thinking about this movie ever since I watched it, like, a week ago. Uh, and that's a good thing. I mean, I keep on thinking about like certain parts in the movie. And the, real quick, the storyline is a uh, small group of cops go on this, on this mission or whatever you want to call it. They're on, they're out on doing their beat and they get a call in and there's a car that's abandoned and then they wreck their car and there's a bunch of weird townsfolk type people that are kind of in the fields that they stumble upon and it from that point on things get really really odd and like in the distance there's this huge abandoned warehouse factory type thing where they go to investigate go in and they somehow stumble upon this this trap door that leads them straight down to hell and i'm pretty much being like, that's the storyline of the movie, is they get captured by these, I'm not sure if they're humans or they're underground mutant-type things or whatever, but they get captured, they get strung up, and it goes from bad to worse with a black mass-type thing, and the uh, the, uh, lead, the leader guy is like this almost, I don't want to say, like, he's like, he's like a nine, he looks kind of like a, like a, like a nine-year-old's body, but the face of a like a hundred-year-old. Does that make sense? Like he's just like he looks yeah, like a little. I saw a, Benjamin a little, Button. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little boy with this gross, old, 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 wrinkly man's face, and murder ensues, and there's some flashbacks and flash forwards, and there's a lot of talking and a lot of weirdness and a lot of what's going on. But I gotta say, at the end of the day, I did enjoy the movie for what it was. Um, very. I, I I don't want to get too much into spoiler territory, but I I'm curious what you would think of the ending and how it how it ties in with the rest of the movie because I'm like okay um, I kind of get that but not really but I feel like I could I might be able to get it a little bit more if I watch it again I'm not sure if the director did that intentionally or if that was deliberately done to con basically confuse the audience because it was confusing. So. Okay, well I'm going to keep it in the queue and I'll I'll tell you. If um, maybe I'll ask a couple of questions just based on your review and the trailer that I watched. Yeah. Um, a lot of I mean, gory stuff in there. I mean, the trailer was split between boring, talking, sort of pretentious, possibly, stuff, mm. and then um, 
scenes of intense, gory mayhem. Um, yeah. So, dang it, I had a good question. Now I forgot. Yeah, it, and, uh, and it's 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 hard for me to really delve into the last thirty minutes of the movie. Uh, without spoiling it, and for the horror fans out there that listen to our show, I don't want to spoil it because I do think that if you are a pretty big horror fan, that you should give this movie a watch because it does really go there towards the end. It's it's ugh, uh, but the the setup is slow, very very leisurely paced. But I I had seen the trailer, so I'm like, there's some crazy stuff going to be happening in this movie, and it didn't disappoint. It didn't good effects and. Harsh stuff. The acting was pretty good, although, again, it just felt like this is an hour and 35 minute long movie that on, it probably would have been better suited at an hour and 20 minutes to where it's a little bit more lean and mean, but it felt like the director was really going for this deliberate, slow, artsy type pace and then this huge payoff. So it wasn't like they were padding as much as just this is the style that we're trying to make here, a very slow, unveiling of so, what's going on. Just from what I'm hearing, is this a, a sort of a martyr's situation where you spend most of the movie trying to figure out what is going on and then it's just disgustingly hardcore kind of freaky shit and then... Yeah. Actually, that's kind of a good comparison. It honestly okay. is. Yeah. Um, there's some dream stuff going on and I, again, I, I hesitate to say <laughs> too much, uh, but but there, like one of the cops was kind of a prick and it almost spent a little bit too much time on him being a prick where it's like it didn't really have a whole lot of bearing on the actual message of the movie. Like yeah. this, like they were all fairly interchangeable except the main, the main cop. They were all fairly interchangeable and like that guy doesn't have to be that big of a prick because he's such a prick that you, it's like, okay, I hate him, but at the same time, it's, I, I don't get why he's like that. I don't understand why he's, having to be like that and he would I don't know like the other characters are, I was a bit more sympathetic with and that made it all the more grueling because they weren't horrible like this guy yeah eh, so because they this was I got not, you. this I was not going to for. yeah this was not going for titillation where it's like oh now here we go this is going to be it was truly disturbing grotesque stuff that last half hour wow. and it was it was take it from me that was not pretty <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, but anything th- else for Baskin? Thumbs up uh, from from me, but it's a reserved thumbs up. It's not a total gem in the rough. I will watch it again, but it's an acquired taste type of thing. And I've been around the block a few times with with these types of movies, so I could appreciate it on that level. Gotcha. Sounds like something you'll probably uh, re re review uh, down the road and come back with a bigger thumbs up or uh, eh, smaller thumbs down. Yeah, I it probably. Yep. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Uh, okay, I will report back on that. I will keep that in queue, and I'll try and get that watched soon. Uh, okay, over to me. On my side was The Naked Prey. Hang with me on the synopsis. It's a little long, but it's worth it. Uh, the Naked Prey from 1965. A group of men are on a safari. One of the party refuses to give a gift to a tribe they encounter. The tribe is offended, seizes the party, and one by one kills all but one of the safari members in various creative and horrifying ways. The last surviving member is given the quote-unquote lion's chance by the tribal leader to be hunted down by a party of tribal warriors. Naked and weaponless, he is set loose, the hunters hot on his heels, beginning a life-or-death hunt through wild Africa. 
now, don't feel like I've spoiled anything for you because I watched a like two and a half, three minute trailer for this movie, and that's what it showed. And I thought it was showing too much, and then I watched the movie, and that literally is about the first ten minutes. And oh, the rest nice. of the movie, the rest of the movie is them is is this hunt and on the run and everything. Um, oh, a lot to say about this movie. It's it's basically. Well, I'll get to that comparison in a minute. So yes, the 1965. <laughs> so you have a certain amount of uh, pre-instilled sort of racism for of the times. Yep. Uh, the, the the rich douchebag is off hunting, and he has a man with him who's uh, knows the region, but of course is a white guy. And uh, is friendly with the local tribes or can speak some of the dialects and what have you. And they have uh, these other tribe guys helping them. They kill some elephants. I mean, there's some gory crap in here, especially in the first third. They're, I mean, they're climbing inside of these dead carcasses. And it looks like real kind of footage. I don't know that they killed them for the movie, but probably they were killed on film. And so they used it in this movie. Okay. Yep. Um, then they, yeah, they run into this other tribe and they're like, Hey, just the other tribe is like happy. They're like, Hey, how's it going? And then they have their, their hand out like, okay, gift. Yeah. And the guy, the guide is like, just give them some trinkets. They don't give a shit. It's just give them a necklace or something and be done. And that's it. And of course the rich white guy's like, no, screw these savages. Very British. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had enough of these these beasts and savages and blah 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 blah. And no, they everybody wants their hand out. Everybody wants something, and and you're sitting there going, "Oh, this is going to work out well." Yep. Um, <laughs> and so he's like, "No, no," and the 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 tribe guys like with their smiles are like, "No, what?" And then they go back to their tribe leader, and they're like, and he's like, "Oh, what?" And yep, and they gather them all up and are like killing the dick out of all of them. In uh, not pretty ways. I don't want to ruin what they are, but you'll enjoy it. Uh, this sounds like a thumbs up, by the way. Yes, yeah, I'm giving this movie a thumbs up. It, <laughs> a passing thumbs up. Again, not huge stellar gem in the rough pass uh, thumbs up, but it's a, definitely a passing thumbs up. Definitely. I, I will definitely watch this movie again. Um, let's see, where was I? Uh, yes, yeah, so they kill off everybody in the safari. Except for like four or five people, and they're they're kind of slaughtering them in various different ways. They give one to the women who are all running around topless, which in 1965, again, little uh, different thing to kind of see for such an older film. But they're all like natives, so it's kind of okay, I guess. For some reason, that was okay. That wasn't yeah. a big deal. Um, <laughs> da, 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 da. So they kill off all those. They pick the strongest guy, who happens to be the guide. They give him to the youngest Braves or whatever you want to call them, uh, stereotypically whatever racist, and they march him off to this open area. The one guy fires an arrow about as far as he can shoot it, and it kind of just lands in the ground, and that's the marker point. So they're like, ready? Go. And he takes off running. As soon as he gets to that arrow, the first hunter goes after him. When that hunter gets to the arrow, the next hunter goes. Ooh, when, that's cool. I see, like that. They're, they're paced out. It's yeah. it's really really cool. I'm not kidding. That we're we're now at about 15 minutes into this movie. Oh wow! <laughs> like that that whole beginning happened so quick, and the I... rest of this movie, it now becomes. Here's my comparison. Uh, it now becomes Steven Spielberg's uh, duel crossed with National Geographic, a National yeah. Geographic documentary. And I'm yeah. sure you're right now going, and the audience is going, "Oh, that's cool. I like these things." 
But hang on a, a, a bit, because it's sort of like you'll be running, they're, they're running, and he's running after this guy, and he's trying to get away, and then all of a sudden, uh, intercut, the HD quality drops to zero, it clearly looks like it was shot on 16mm now, and it's uh, a lion chasing a gazelle, and they tackle it, and, and the guy is hiding behind a tree, and he just watches the tiger take out the gazelle, or whatever the hell, and then this happens for a couple minutes, and you're like, alright, okay, and then... The guy continues to run, and he runs into a mud puddle, and then, or uh, you know, a, a little pool. And oh, I don't know if I should go in there yet. Hold on, I should. I better wait and, and check my tracks or hide behind here. And then we have to look at the hippos that are happening in the pool for a couple of minutes. Uh, so See, it's the stock footage padding the runtime. Oh, it, it's totally stock footage, but I don't think they used it to try and pad the runtime. I think they were using it literally as a. 1965 creative method to really make you feel like he was in peril with these animals or like in the environment with these animals. Yeah. You know, you watch it in 1965, you wouldn't think anything of it. You watch it now and you're like, okay, I, I see your bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, there are those little disconnects in there where you're like, okay, now we're watching a documentary. I get it. And, and now we're back to the movie. Um, but the parts of the movie were really cool. It was, you know, he figures out interesting ways to kind of trick the hunters following him and take him out. And so he can get to the next place and the, the worst luck, this guy, I mean, along the way, he finally gets to this other village of, I believe would be friendly, more friendly natives, uh, not going to hunt them and whatever. And of course, the second that he shows up and is like peering into the town, that's when like this other tribe of people come and attack the village and burn it to the ground. And yeah. it, it just like he has the worst luck of all time, but um, if you, you know how Duel was, it's very slowly paced. Another movie where there's almost no dialogue. It's another good comparison uh, between Duel and this. There's very, very little dialogue. There's a lot of uh, the natives' dialogue where I actually went and turned on subtitles to see if I'm supposed to be seeing what they're saying, and no, it just says oh, speaking okay. in foreign language. Okay. So don't bother messing with the subtitles. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say gory, but it was implied gory with uh, some of the torturous ways they killed the handful of people they saved, and with uh, the, the the fighting when they first took over the safari, and the fighting where he faces down each of the guys as they finally catch up to him. Okay. Just with a lot of red paint blood and spears and swords oh, yeah. and daggers and, and shit like that. I gotta say, this, this um, sounds like it would make for a really good remake. I, I really like the storyline. Although I'm not sure if it could be done the same way with, uh, you know, times have changed and... Doing it, doing it in modern times, it just kind of wouldn't work. Doing it set now. And it, I, I find it hard to believe that you... Good comparison. I, I think if you tried to make it set in 1965 and do a remake, it would look like this Ben-Hur remake that they're doing right now. Yeah. Which looks just awful. <laughs> <laughs> just awful. And I and I guess hey, this movie has been done again, and it was called After Earth, starring Jaden Smith. <laughs> I kind of, in a way, yeah. And again, I keep coming back to Duel. It just yeah. has the same kind of orange brown, hot sapia tone uh, color palette. And I mean, overall, I I really I totally dug the movie. I was never bored, even though you know I got to see some animals. But I you know I like watching that shit anyway. Yeah. It just it was it was very distinguishable between the movie parts and the stock footage parts because wow. of the quality. That's another thing I wanted to say too. The HD quality on this it was astounding to me. I, I watched it granted in my office, but I can tell when that's H excuse me, that's HD. That yeah. looks good. 
I believe that Criterion Collection released this on Blu-ray, so I wonder if this is a Criterion transfer. Like this, that's why it looks so good because I I think that some HD transfers obviously look a lot better than others, and when you get something like a Criterion Collection behind it, you can pretty much expect fairly top quality go, stuff. Go back to last week's Rabbit Trail. Uh, this was all outside, so cleaning yeah. this one up to HD, no problem. Yeah. Cool. Ooh, but I'm I definitely, totally I definitely think you should give, you definitely think you should give it a chance. It's, yeah. it's, it's a classic cinema, uh, uh, feel, but totally unique uh, anomaly that yeah. must be watched. Yep. And, uh, I, I must say that, uh, I can't imagine that's two weeks in a row now that we have had solid to great roulette picks. We're due for a uh, bummer. We are due for a bummer. Lead us there, sir. Lead us uh, into the next round. Uh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> so, honestly, I've been so unimpressed with uh, the the stuff on Netflix that I I just went onto my my queue and I'm like, three random movies is what you're getting tonight. Three of them that I have put on there for either because they were old roulette picks that you threw my way, and I'm like, I'll add them and whatever, or they sounded interesting to me. And the first one actually was one that you threw my way. And I do think that this one does sound good. It looks good, too. Uh, the movie is called Rebirth from 2016. Long-lost buddy Zach gets suburban dad Kyle on a bus to a rebirth seminar, sending him down a rabbit hole of psychodrama, seduction, and violence. I think it sounds good. Uh, you never know. That's a definite roulette movie right there. Yes, it is. And next up is, this is one I believe I threw your way a while ago, Exorcism of Molly Hartley. This is the sequel to The Possession of, of Molly Hartley, or whatever it's called. I think it was The Possession of, which I did watch several times, and I did enjoy that movie. I think that that was a solid horror light movie with a really, really good ending. Great ending. This one here is uh, Molly is all grown up now, and the demons who haunted her as a teen are gone, but now only one fallen priest can save her from the devil himself. So, yay. There we go. Um, like I said, the original was quite good, I thought. I For for a simple little horror movie, it, it got the job done. And this last one was uh, one that you threw my way a little while ago, and it sounds good, and I... I actually wonder, have we had this like several times on the roulette now? Yes, it's it's going to be the filler one on the roulette until yeah. somebody watches this. And one of thing. us will. Yep, I agree. Um, Moonwalkers from 2015, hour and 36 minutes, a brain-addled war vet, a failing band manager, and a Stanley Kubrick impersonator helped the CIA conduct an epic scam by faking the 1969 moon landing. It It sounds so good. And it's got Ron Perlman and the guy from Harry Potter, or Ron Weasley from Harry Potter, Rupert uh, Grint. It looks good. Um, but, hey, it's a roulette, so you never know. You never know. Yep. Okay. Uh, over on my side, I, I, I very seductively snuck in a little bit of a theme here. Let me oh, know if yeah. you can pick it out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you can notice, but if, <laughs> if you notice, let me know. Uh, first up, 11 minutes. This uh, narrative follows 11 minutes in several people's lives. And that's it for the synopsis. The film was screened <laughs> in the main competition section of the 72nd Venice International Film Festival, in the master section of TIFF, Toronto International Film Festival, 
and was selected as Polish entry of the Best Foreign Language Oscar at the 88th Academy Awards. It was not nominated. Uh, next up, 12 Segundos. After the disappearance of her boss, Selma feels the need to go find him. She travels to the mountains where she discovers a murder. Destiny forced her to face her fears, and she learns that the, 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 the Spanish Ooh. cabin in the woods thing maybe kill her or something. I watched the trailers for all these. They seemed they they qualified as roulette movies. Yep. And lastly, thirteen cameras. Hmm. Claire and Ryan, a newlywed couple, move into a new house across the country, only to find out that their marital issues are the least of their problems. Unbeknownst to them, their grim landlord has been spying on them from day one. Hmm. So there you go. Okay. And you get yeah. to pick first. Oh, okay. Um, so I, um, literally, that is a flip of the coin for me, all three of them. Not uh, if you watch the trailers. Oh, I, <laughs> I I, did for two of them, the, two of the three, and I'm like, eh, all right, whatever. Uh, yeah, there, there were, I felt that I could, 12 segundos I felt was the longest shot. Uh, the other two definitely looked more solid. I thought 11 minutes definitely looked really solid. Yeah. But, that's just me. And see, I was going to pick, uh, well, shit. I was going to pick 12 Segundos just because the title is kind of whatever. It's like, oh, it's a different language. I'll just, I guess, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'll choose that because of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, one, that one looked like the longest shot of, yeah. of being low budget and what, and what have you. That, that 11 minutes looks really compelling, in my opinion. Yeah. Who knows? <sighs> Probably. It's going to be 12 seconds. 12 segundos. 12 segundos. Yep, 12 segundos. Uh, who am I to talk you out of watching this crap? Thank you yeah. for diving on that grenade for us. Yep. Uh, and for me, it's going to be Rebirth. I didn't watch the first exorcism of uh, whoever, so I'm kind of like hesitant to pick, pick the sequel and Moonwalkers. Well, that's just going to be the roulette movie for for a while, I think. Which one of us will jump on that one, though? Probably trip or fall, because the other things that were thrown on were Asylum and Sci-Fi Channel. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, More than likely. Okay, are you ready to move on to the rabbit trail? We got a big one tonight, and it's a good thing we kind of started earlier, I guess. Yep, uh, I agree. A lot of notes for this one. Uh, Okay, here's what kicked it off. We got a listener email, and... The more I thought about this email, the more I was like, the the the, the section of the show got bigger and bigger and bigger. Because <laughs> we're going to dive into this, we got to really tackle it point by point. Um, hey guys, being a long-time listener of the podcast, I've been meaning to ask you this for a while. I've gathered that Under the Skin is one of Eugene's favorite films, and it's one of those art house movies that's really divisive and gets labeled as pretentious hipster bullshit from people that don't like it. What, in your guys' opinion, makes that stand out from other art house films you've seen or the pretense, pretentious hipster bullshit that you guys have watched from the roulette? Keep up the good work, Kevin. Thank you for the email, Kevin. Uh, maybe, because this is going to be a difficult topic to tackle, especially for us, who has been trying hard to quit labeling everything hipster. But I, find, I think I found a way to break this down uh, in a way that can succinctly get us a little slightly older guys thoughts on these uh, terms mm-hmm. out at least as far as whether we're right or wrong on, on how we label them. It's how we view them so that you, the listener can understand that when we say these words, what we mean or how we view them. So part one, how do you define the word hipster and how do you define the word pretentious? 
That's where we need to start. And I'm going to let you go first because I'm going to try really hard not to take over this one because I got so many notes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I, first off, that is a good question. And I think some of it comes down to personal preference because in my mind, I have a certain thing. There are certain things that I don't like to see in movies. And when they fall under these certain things, if they all kind of line up, I'm like, yep, that's, that's hipster bullshit right there. I know this is junk. Um, a prime, a prime example of that would be, I, I couldn't stand a girl walks home alone at night. Uh, everything about it screamed, I'm, I'm cool because if it, if it's trying to be extra uber cool, it takes me out of the movie. And that movie was one that, you know, that took me out of the movie because it was trying too hard to be cool. Another one, um, that we haven't, I think we talked about it briefly on the show many episodes ago was a movie called Summer of, oh, where is it called? Uh, I wrote it, Summer of Blood. If you want to know what I think a hipster movie is, go to, go on to Netflix and watch Summer of Blood and just watch the first 10 minutes. How they interact, how the characters interact with each other. It's about Was this that the one where they threw the towels over each other's heads and were blumping into each other or whatever the hell you and Steven were talking about? Um, what was that? They put blankets over their heads and they walked around bumping into each other and it was called blumping or something, some, some shit like that. This one here is a guy that he, uh, he's just this hipster douchebag in, I think, New York and he's trying to, he's trying to hook up with girls and he gets bit by a vampire and then he becomes a vampire and it's ironic and it's cool and witty and hippie and I hated it. I hated it. Um, but everything about that movie, uh, watch those two movies and that's what I define. Honestly, that those, those types of movies are, are what I define hipster is. We're so cool that we're above you. Um, and, and condescending. The, condescending. Yes. I, and the whole way through both of those movies, I'm like, I feel like you're being condescending to me. Under the skin, all, on the other hand, is a masterpiece of cinema, and it's well, going... Wait, 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 we'll, we'll circle back to Under the Skin. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll get back to that. Um, and what about pretentious? How do you feel that hipster is different than pretentious? Because I mm. feel like they're different. Yeah, they are. Uh, and take it from me. They can cross over, but I feel yeah. like... Like, everything about, like, that Under, uh, that Summer of Blood was hipster. The way the guy looked, the way he talked, even. Um ironic talk and I'm like people don't talk like this in real life or if they do I don't know you and I don't want to know you um, <laughs> fantastic but, but maybe pretentious might be a little bit maybe a little bit more like uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night and I'm just going to use those two as my main examples of movies but there's there's so many more movies um, that can be like that Juno is another one that it was okay but like eh, that was, see I would call that one hipster yeah, more, more so than pretentious. Okay, um, I'll take over whenever you want me to. I, I'm just trying not to, to just hog the whole thing here. But yeah, I mean, um, do you, does, does some of this make sense? Yeah, you, yeah, I feel like we're in the ballpark. Um, yeah, for me, I, I had some thoughts on this uh, that I wrote down this week, and okay. I wanted to remember them, so I wrote them down, which is a little unusual. We take notes and stuff for the show, but I don't usually write down full thoughts that I want to give out, but. Um, when it comes to hipster, I, I think of hipster as like, it's just kind of a fad design in a way, uh, right now, uh, or it has been for a while. And I, th I feel like a lot of it stems from contrarianism or anti-populist, uh, 
mm-hmm. in search in search of um, unique uh, art, but unique does not always equal good. Like you can have something that's unique, and that's a unique movie. I've never seen anything like that before in cinema, but that doesn't automatically make it good just because it's different or weird. Uh, trash as a metaphor is another thing that I kind of label as hipster, uh, especially recently, where it's like I talk to some people and they're uh, especially online where it's like, Indiana Jones that's bullshit, those movies Mm -hmm. are so boring, that's so stupid, now like, National Treasure that's a a genius film because it is a metaphor for the American condition of blah, blah 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 blah, and it's like, you know what sometimes uh, things are kind of just what they appear to be. There's not always a deep meaning that gets to put... I, again, that all comes down to um, however, everybody's own interpretation of this stuff. It's just art, and we're just talking about it. You know, every, some one person's bullshit is another person's put it on a mantle, because it's, it's amazing. Um, on the other hand, where pretentious for me is even harder for me to swallow because in my opinion, that's trying too hard to make something mean more than it actually does. Uh, and, and this very quickly becomes in a, a, everybody's own personal interpretation. Pretentious may be uh, the word pretentious may be a negative criticism, or it could just be an adjective because some movies that I like are kind of pretentious, but sometimes I'll call a movie pretentious and I mean it in a negative way. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Oh, yes. Very much so. Yep. So I have made a list of some of the things that fall under these categories. Uh, for Hipster, 500 Days of Summer. You never finished, You never watched that movie? No. Though, I, I have no interest. Yeah. Uh, Life Aquatic, Royal Tenenbaums, basically anything Wes Anderson's done. That That is hipster. It's. I don't think of that as pretentious. That is hipster. Now, I don't... I'm not saying that as a negative. I love Life Aquatic and Royal Tenenbaums. I go back and forth on, uh, but that is a hipster style of filmmaking, in my opinion. It is. I would agree. I'm. I'm. I really like most of Wes Anderson's movies. Me too. I don't don't love all of them. Uh, As far as pretentious, now this is when I'm using it in a negative light, where they try too hard to make something mean more than it does. Jerry, did you ever watch Jerry? That was no. the, uh, you know what movie I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The, the Gus Van Zandt movie with yeah, horrible, zero interest, zero. Lost, lost in translation. I, everybody loves that movie. I liked the majority of it, and then that ending made me hate the entire thing <laughs> because it was trying too hard to make something mean more. Like this, oh, it has such deep meaning. We didn't understand what she whispered. Oh, what does that mean? I don't even. Oh. Mm. Oh, yeah. dick. And I would put Girl Walks Home Alone at Night under pretentious, not hipster. I didn't think of that. It was hipster, just pretentious. Yeah. Uh, a perfect movie that falls under the label of both hipster and pretentious for me is I Heart Huckabees. Fuck oh. that movie to death and back oh, again. How did I forget that thing? I hate that movie with every ounce of my being. <laughs> First movie that popped in my head when we got this question. <laughs> now, there are people that watch that movie and, and totally love it, and that's fine. It is a different, unique vision. I just don't know anybody that talks like that, and as you said, I don't want to know them. Yeah. Uh, it's a bunch of boring douchebags that are too self-consumed with their own lives to get out there and ever make a difference or help somebody, or, you know, it's just, it's just, it's masturbation. 
Yeah. It, it, it's all it is. Uh, and, 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 oh, what does it mean? Am I part of the universe? Is the universe a part of me? I'm stuck in a bag. It's like, oh, go, oh, it does not mean that much. Um, lastly, uh, pie, faith in chaos and requiem Ooh. for a dream. I would say both of those movies have serious handfuls of pretentiousness in them, but they work for me because they're doing something new and challenging. Now, again, that's where it becomes uh, everybody's own interpretation. That was new and interesting and challenging to me. Somebody else can watch Be Bored and Love I Heart Huckabees, and that's fine. It's Enjoy it, whatever art you want. Drive. That that there's a fair amount of pretentiousness or hipsterism in that movie. Yeah, a, a lot of uh, of winding Renf- Refn's work. On does my, that. I've got a list of directors here, sir. Too. No. We're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> um, uh, yeah, if you don't think that Drive has a bit of hipsterism or pretentiousness to it, go go put on a scorpion jacket and go walk around like you're a badass. You're gonna get your ass kicked pretty yep. quick, especially yeah. around here. <laughs> Or they're going to look at you and, oh, oh, you saw Drive too many times. You think you're a stunt car driver, do you? Yeah. Eyes Wide Shut is a fairly pretentious movie. But, but so good. A masterpiece. Masterpiece. To- totally works for me. It completely works on every level. Yeah. Um, okay. And now to directors. Now, these directors I made the list of, they... I, I'm, let me see here. There is not, no one on this list that, that has made a movie I don't like. Some of them I like more. Some of them I like less. Some of them I love every movie they've made. Some of them they only have one movie that I tolerate. And I absolutely hate everything that they've made. I, I'll like, I'm not going to go into their filmographies, but I just wanted to run down this list because they all fit into one or more of these categories. Uh, Terrence Malick is the king of pretentious friggin' movies. Uh, yeah. Nicholas Winding Refn. David Cronenberg. Charlie Kaufman. Ooh, yep. Lars von Trier. Yep. Gaspar Noe. Yep. David Lynch. Ooh, yeah, unfortunately. And Gus Van Zandt. Now, no, where, where does uh, David O. Russell fall in there? Because he has his own style. I, he did that, but I mean, he did I Heart Huckabee's Maybe I should bring up his list because I don't. Mm. I haven't seen anything, but but lately in the last few years, he's he's come to be a very. Oh, what's the word? I don't. I definitely don't want to say generic. I don't want to say. I, I, he he plays ball with the studios now, kind of. Yes. I, I yep. I think he just. I heard Uckabees was a fluke with him, and it not a fluke. Damn it! I I cannot find the right words tonight. Not a fluke. I think that was just, that was more of a, a script bit of hipster pretension. Like the script was hipster and pretentious much more so than like his directing mm-hmm. or, uh, what the actors were doing. Yeah. I hated that movie from beginning to end, but it had nothing to do with the way that he was moving the camera or the, the actor's performances necessarily. It was 100% about that script. I, I didn't give a shit about anybody in it. And I know that that movie totally has a cult following and, some people are gonna be mad about it, but hey, relax. I I, I like some hipster pretentious shit too. Just that <laughs> is not my hipster pretentious shit. Anyway, let's circle back to Under the Skin as uh, to get us through the rabbit trail here, because that was the oh, I lost it here. It went away. Hold on. That was the uh, bottom end of Kevin's email. Here is what, in your guys' opinion, makes that movie stand out from other art house films you've seen that are pretentious hipster bullshit. A completely fair question, especially with that movie. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you go first. What what separates that movie from these other films that we've talked about that we hate? 
Boy, it's a tough question uh, because everything about that movie is is difficult, makes you work for it. But I would. It was such brilliant filmmaking. I never, I never felt like uh, the director is way up here, and you lowly peasant viewers are way down here, and you don't get us because I'm twirling my mustache and <laughs> snapping my suspenders and my stupid pointy shoes or whatever. It, none of that stuff. It was like the mu- immediately I was enthralled with the camera work and. Uh, as the story slow and there's it's a coherent story i got it i i understood it but it was it was a challenging movie very challenging and i still think about there's some scenes in that movie that are like seared into my brain um but it's like that that movie i consider to be a an art house masterpiece it's not a huge blockbustery summer thing but i don't i personally don't really consider that movie to be pretentious or hipster or anything i just think it's a really uh deep art house type uh, cinematic experience. Does that make sense? Or yes, I, yes, yes. And I, I, don't, I, I don't think that movie is pretentious. It, it has a little bit of pretension in there, just a little bit, I mean, with some of the scenes. But I feel like it works to the film's strength, in a way, because yeah. it puts you off guard right in the beginning. They, they're just showing you uh, sights and sounds. It's kind of a, an assault of sight and sound. And that's kind of what cinema should be from a certain respect, not in a transformer mm-hmm. sort of way where you're like, Oh, you're hurting my eyes. Yeah. But in but a it, way where it's like, what, what am I looking, the, what yeah, am I looking at? Space Odyssey, so. yeah, what am I looking at? And why do I feel uncomfortable from the score? Why did like in the beginning of that movie, you yeah. just kind of see like this round circle filling with black or something, mm-hmm. and you're, it looks like melted plastic maybe emerging from a form to mold. So you don't even know what you're looking at. And with the very subtle yet boom, boom power of the score, it's like, I'm kind of uncomfortable, and I don't mm-hmm. know why. I don't even know what's going on yet. And as the story kind of unfolds and you kind of get the gist of what is kind of happening, there is more power in every one of those uh, character moves. Again, in my opinion... If, Somebody else is like, I felt that way about I, I heard. No, no, I, well, I got to quit using that example because that's the polar opposite. Yeah. yeah. I heard Huckabee's is a movie that was probably a 5,000 page script of people that just don't shut up. And we're like really cramming this shit down your throat of this means something, this means something, this means something. And it's like, it, it, no, no, yeah. this is not the mashed potatoes. Yeah. Now, where do you think movies like, um, and these are two totally opposite ends of the spectrum, but like, uh, the Big Lebowski and say something like Steven Soderbergh's Solaris. Where do you think those movies would fall in? Because like Solaris is generally hated. I thought it was a very very good movie, uh, but it it was a challenging movie. Another challenging movie. Uh, I think that that one there would fit a little bit more. This is just me personally. I think a Solaris would fall a little bit more under the uh, under the skin. And Big Lebowski, I'm not the huge fan that everybody else on planet Earth seems to be for that movie. It's good. It's kind of funny. And it's got some cool lines. And Jeff Bridges is cool. But, eh, all right. Okay. I I love uh, yeah. Big, Big Lebowski. That's a masterpiece, 10 out of 10 for me. Absolutely. But the difference there with some of this hipster logic is... And and this this goes back to looking for the unique in art, trying to find something new and different because you're tired of the same crap corporate art being crammed down your throat. And a lot of Hollywood uh, movies are exactly that, corporate art. How can we reach the most amount of people to buy a ticket for this thing so that 
we can, you know, put a dog in it. We'll get 5% more people and kids in, into the movie. Make it PG-13, and then we'll get more of the crowd of that we want to make more money. Yeah. That really limits it. So I understand the desire to want something new and unique and strange. With Big Lebowski, and that's part of the... Getting ahead of myself. That that goes back to being the hipster thing, where it's like they want to be unique and different. This is the way I perceive it from the outside. They want that unique sound. They want that new music. They want that thing that they've never heard before that's breaking boundaries and it's being different and it's being cool and it's something that nobody's ever heard of. But the second that enough people have heard of it, it's now popular. And so they're like, oh, well, fuck it. I don't want that now. Mm -hmm. Now it's stupid. I don't want it. And so there's this weird mid... Uh, 20 year old uh, realm where everybody goes through that and wants to uh, <laughs> be on the cutting edge of what is cool and unique. It just, I don't know what the actual answer is there. As far as Lebowski and hipster, Lebowski isn't a hipster. He's just being comfortable. He's comfortable in his bathrobe and he's comfortable with white Russians and not comfortable with dudes peeing on his, yeah. <laughs> his fucking rug. Where it becomes a hipster thing for me is when people are like going around dressing like him in their everyday life. It's like, okay, you're just copying something else. It when when everybody is unique, no one is. And, yeah. and so you show up to the I don't know about you, but I've been to certain venues where it's like everybody is I've got my suspenders and my curly beard and my my PBR and I am unique and different, because isn't it funny that I'm drinking this PBR because it's cheap shit, but I'm pretending like I like it? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. every single person in this fucking bar is, dude. You you are now part of the popular. You are now yeah. part of the masses. You are corporate culture. Um, <laughs> it, yep. It's over. Yeah. Not to say that you can't do that. Go have your mustaches and suspender. Do whatever the hell you want. M- makes you happy as long as you're not hurting anybody. I don't give a shit. That's fine. Yeah. That's ha- Knock your socks off. Um, but don't don't get pissy when people like us are sitting on the sidelines going, get over yourself. It, yes. It, relax, buddy. Yeah. We get yeah. it. You're unique hey. and special like just like everyone else. Just like everybody else. Yep. yep. I mean, I remember when everybody was jumping on the grunge bandwagon and, and granted, I I was getting into it too, but I'm like, but still the 80s and I've got my zipper black leather coat with little dangly tassely things and long hair and... I still want to be that guy. And, um, you know, I'm glad that I was. I'm glad that I was that 80s dork that still held on to that and not, you know, delving into the next big fad. I did eventually, but, you know, I still tried to be my own person and not like, oh, everybody else is growing their hair out, you know, all one length and, you know, listening to Alice in Chains and wanting to kill themselves. It is what it is. It's a fad. It's just a fad. And and like all fads, they're going to go away. They're going to pass. I mean, you mentioned the 80s hair and, and, uh, you know, the music scene crosses over with the movie scene. I mean, what was also big uh, at that same time as hair metal? It's, oh, the Lost Boys. Gee, I wonder if there was any influence there with their leather coats and the, it's all just a fad of bullshit. And eventually it all just goes away and you turn 30 and you're like, okay, maybe I want to relax because I want to have a job one day. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or I get tired of people staring at me walking down the street for my uniqueness. Maybe I just, yes. yeah, yeah. and you know, if not, that's fine. More power to you. Do whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> God Good knows question. I got pulled out of high school classes more, more than one time because of the holes in my pants were, t- and my knees were too big. Cause I grew up in grunge era too. And yeah. I was wearing my flannel shirts and I was involved in all that shit. 
Same as everybody else. Everybody's got to go through it. And the filmmaking industry does just the same. It's no different. Yeah. So what do you think the next fad's going to be once, uh, once the, uh, puffing on pipes and twirly mustaches is done? What's, what's the, I, God only knows. Who knows? I've, I've heard the nineties are coming back, but I've been hearing that for a while. I thought, sweet, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be relevant again, but yeah. no, I'm not. <laughs> I still dress the same way I do in, as I did in eighth grade. Did the eighties come and go again or not? Kinda, a little bit. We're kind of in the midst of that. I mean, we were talking about that with Stranger Things the soundtrack. Yeah, that's they, true. This, uh, reinvented synth pop 80s stuff. Um, yeah. And that's cool. I mean, it's fine. I, the, again, the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't give a shit. Do whatever you want. I, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll call you if I hate your, or don't like your filmmaking style, but that's uh, part of criticism that comes with anything. Any art that you do that you put out there, people, somebody is going to shit on it. It's, that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. There's somebody out right out there right now typing an angry letter towards us. Just yeah. angry. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I want to circle back to when we start to do our recently watched, I want to circle back to you brought up the whole retro 80s synth thing that I don't like. Um, I want to circle back to that eventually about a movie that I watched that has the 80s synth that I do like. And there is okay. a huge, to me, there is a huge difference in what we are hearing now versus what it was like actually in the 80s. So no, it's like, th- there is, but that's where the retro part comes in. That's where the retro word comes in. See, back in the 80s when that stuff was happening, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Because I was like, metal. Yes. Uh, now that I'm a little older and the retro stuff, I like better than the 80s. Like, yeah. the, I prefer it because I wasn't in the mix of it the way that you were. You're a little. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And for me, it's like, I, I it's like, no, no, no. I don't want this, this warmed over fake. I <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want the real stuff. But eh, hey, you know what? See, and that, yeah. but, but see, that's another thing that we talk about a lot. I, and I, I should call you on it because uh, conflict makes the pod better. I feel like you throw hipster label onto things a little quick just because you kind of hate hipster when it's not necessarily hipster. As far as like, <laughs> you see something you don't like and you snap to, oh, hipster bullshit, fuck it. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't that's really That's almost like it's a bad word for me. Yeah, it is, it's... yeah. That's fine. Do whatever you want. But um, hey, where was I going with that? Um, damn it. What, 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 yeah. Um, what would Lord Calvert think? Let me find out. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Shit, I had a point. Um, no, no, no. I, I mean, I think well, point was... We were point talking was... about 80s music, and we were talking about... Shit. Hmm. Damn you. <laughs> Distracted me. Good conversation, though. I like this. This is... This yeah, is... I thought this was a great topic. Um, and every, gen- every generation has this stuff. Like, I... You know, I, I'm sure that there were people, there's people that are older than us that are like, oh man, the swinging sixties are done. Now it's the <laughs> funkadelic groovy seventies. Oh man, it's done. Now what's all these hair metal bands coming out? Oh, hair metal's done because all the grungy guys are out now. And you know, from and there, you'll went- see, and you'll see these patterns come and go. They come, they come back around. The, um, disco even comes back around eventually. And people are like, no way, that's mm. not... Yeah, it does, man. These things cycle. They, they have their cycles. Yeah. I am... What the... Damn it. Mm. Wish I could play back the show for a minute. What the hell was I... I was, <laughs> was going to make a great point that I've been saving up, and I totally forgot. One of the few things I didn't make a note of. Yeah. Mm. Of course, I'll remember it about three reviews into 
recently watched. Yeah. Uh, you said you wanted to touch on uh, music from a movie. That da, da, da. you gonna lead us off with that? Yeah. All right. So watched? are we ready to start doing the Might uh, recently well. I can't remember. Okay. If I think of it, no. we'll come back to it. Okay. Uh, so recently, it was my birthday, so my wife got me some Blu-rays that have been on my on my list, but. For one reason or another, I haven't got them mainly because it's more of the, uh, the, the boutique labels, which those are always more expensive. So I added them to my birthday list. And one of the movies that she got me for my birthday was Michael Mann's Manhunter. Ooh, nice. Yes. And, uh, I have not seen Manhunter in years. In fact, I don't think I, I not think I don't, I know I have not seen Manhunter since the uh, VHS days. Uh, oh wow! I have a yeah. beautiful double disc Anchor Bay uh, serial numbered set that uh, on DVD. Oh yeah, I, I've watched several times. Uh, it was streaming on Amazon not long ago for free, but I wasn't sure what the uh, what the transfer was going to be, and I knew that uh, that Screen Factory was going to put it out. I'm like, just just wait for it because I'm going to eventually own that one. And uh, I, wow. I I cannot believe that it took me this long to revisit this movie. Um, let's get the music out of the way real quick here. The, what I was referring to is the retro synth that I don't much care for now uh, versus the real 80s synth. Manhunter from 1986 is the real deal. That synth music in that movie is what I like. And I'm like, this doesn't sound... I, how do I say this? It sounds cheesy, and <laughs> you're like, it when sounds, I listen to it, I don't picture people twirling their damn mustaches. Yes, I think of this is the '80s right here. This is this is white dress coats and giant big hair with lots of uh, hairspray all yes, over the place. Speedboats and yeah, and <laughs> and Zima or whatever the hell they were drinking no, back then. No, no, it wasn't Zima. I think that was. <laughs> That was the nineties. I think so. Oh wow! No. Okay, Crystal Pepsi or uh, still nineties. Still nineties. Yeah. Tab. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um, pour, but pour, pour me a tab and give me some more hairspray. Yes, <laughs> but but it to me, I can definitely tell a difference from stuff that you would see in a more modern movie trying to be like the eighties versus the real deal. And Manhunter is the real deal. This movie, um. It, th- this is the first movie that was based off of uh, the Thomas Harris uh, series with uh, Hannibal Lecter. Uh, Hannah, Hannah Lecter. And I watched this movie years ago, and I thought it was good, but eh, whatever. Upon rewatching, I actually gave this movie four and a half out of five stars. This, while not quite, almost but not quite up to Hannibal. Hannibal is my favorite of the Hannibal Lecter movies uh, because I like the sick the sick, twisted sense of humor that the movie has and just Ridley Scott's style. This is probably number two. I actually think I like this better than Silence of the Lambs. It is a masterpiece. I, I, I can't believe it took me this long to rewatch this movie. Um, and, and part of the reason I like it so much is that music. And the, when it was set, it's like, this is a slice of the 80s right here, and it's the it's the time that I love. It's like where the, the neon and the Miami Vice, like everything about it feels like a really hard R-rated Miami Vice episode. I have um, a really hard time picking a favorite one of the, the Hannibal series because – when was uh, – remind me. Um, Hannibal was early 2000s, right? Yeah, yes, and uh, Sounds of the Lambs was like 1990. It was in the 90s, mid-90s. Hannibal was, I think, 2001. I feel like, I feel like all three of these movies – are 
so deeply reflective of their decade. That's why well, they I have are. a hard time picking a fa- favorite one because it's like that is so eighties, that is so nineties, and yeah. that is so early two thousands. And and I love it. <laughs> that's why I can't pick one over the other. It's like this is this is the shit. This is the yeah. shit, and this is the shit. Yep. And for what it's worth, I really like Red Dragon, but but uh, watching this again, I'm like. Immediately, I'm like, okay, Brian Cox is Hannibal Lecter in this, and I, I forgot, I completely forgot about Anthony Hopkins. I'm like, no, 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 in this one here, I totally buy Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter, and Tom Noonan, I totally bought him as Francis Dollarhide instead oh. of. Uh, he was so good. He was so good. He was so movie. good, and and uh, Brian Cox's performance, you got to give extremely strong kudos to him. Maybe it's just me because I watched Silence of the Lambs first, like a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you got to give him a lot of credit because he was the first one to do it. He did mm-hmm. it before Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, and so, he was creepy. <laughs> he was creepy, but watching him, it, it's like, eh, it's not Anthony Hopkins, and da, 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 but it's like, I didn't watch him in order. That's not that's not a fair judgment. Yeah. Um, but William Peterson, every, the cast is so good. It's like the planets aligned with this movie. And um, it, I can't believe it took me this long to revisit the movie and realize what a, a masterpiece it is. Like, this to me would be, like, best picture of the year type filmmaking here, like Silence of the Lambs was. And I'm sure it was not back then. Uh, but I think that it has gained a lot of uh, accolades over the years, and it is now considered a minor masterpiece. So what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it definitely found its cult following in the years that uh, followed, especially after Silence of the Lambs and whatever. They went back to revisit it. Yeah. And uh, But it's it's Peterson's performance that just kills it for me. And I was ecstatic when they cast uh, Norton, Norton, Ed, Nor- Ed Norton to uh, uh, take over that role or reprise it in the reboot. I was like, yay! And then they're like, I don't, who, McGee or whoever the hell directed that thing. Um yeah, well, uh, Brett, Brett Ratner, uh, Brett Ratner's best movie actually. That was his best movie. It is, and it's a passable thriller. It's it's a yeah. shade of what was made in the eighties. But again, circling back to you wanted a remake of something we were talking about. Oh, uh, the Naked Prey. That's what a remake of the Naked Prey would be like. It's like it's yeah. kind of there, but yeah. it's just missing a certain, good. a certain tone. That's the tone that it would be missing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the music in this movie, for some reason, made everything feel cold. Like, everything about the movie felt so sterile, and then there was this, this synthy soundtrack going on, and it made it all the creepier and just, like, the crimes more dangerous, and Tom Noonan's character more evil, because of I mean, if you know Tom Noonan, you know how he sounds, and he has this this flat... La, 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 voice like it it he has this soft voice and everything came together perfectly with the music with the time period that it was in with the bad guys it was fantastic such a good movie yeah. yep i really like it too um uh, do you, uh that it that's it okay i'm gonna do a little double header here because i'm not gonna spend much time on this first one uh whiplash i watched this on Ooh. your voodoo thank you sir yes nice Oh, boy, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that one. Uh, really good movie. I, I mean, I give it a, yeah, a thumbs up. I enjoyed it. It was uh, entertaining. Might I mean, I might revisit it, but not, I mean, I might be a one every ten year kind of thing. Uh, just because it's like, man, that guy is such an asshole. Uh, 
And I, I'm not talking about throughout the movie. It's just towards the end. It's like, you're such an asshole. Have you tried maybe not being so much of an asshole? Uh, they kept, what was the line they kept saying? Uh, so-and-so wouldn't quit. I push people so that I can find the really hardcore guy that's going to stick through this bullshit and keep drumming or keep playing the saxophone or trumpet or whatever. And, oh, the the, the old masters, they, they never would have quit. They never would have stopped for being put through this punishment. Yeah, but uh, encouraging somebody costs you nothing. Yeah. And, and, like, torturing the shit out of somebody. I mean, you got people hanging themselves and running themselves into cars. That's not doing anybody any good. Um, a little motivation, maybe? No? Ah, maybe it's just me. At any rate, um, I really enjoyed... I thought it was funny that the kid trusted him again in the end. I was like, wow, you're dumb. Because uh, <laughs> I, I kind of was like, this is not good. Uh, I, I feel almost like you're, 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 you're slow or something. Like, there's something not quite right there that clicking in your brain. You but, mean during the, the final drum sequence uh, thing? Well, in the, I mean, when he said, met him in the bar and was like, hey, oh, you got this thing. Yeah. Oh, you're really going to go with this piece of shit? Like, uh, okay, well, let's, I, I, I can guess what might be coming. And then when it yeah. happened, I was like, oh, imagine that. Yeah. Um, wow, the prick, it's, is, it's, the prick it's, it's is a prick. Miles Teller. Yeah, Miles Teller makes continually bad decisions. So it, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, do you mean Miles Teller or his character? Yeah, both. Or both. But... <laughs> sure, why not? Sure, I'll star in Fan Four Stick. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I liked Chronicle. Yeah, this Trank guy seems okay. <laughs> that worked out. Yeah. Uh, and I what's it. funny is he's like, "Oh, I would totally do a sequel to that." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, he's paying you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, same director though. I gotta yeah. go. I got a drum yeah. lesson. Yeah. <laughs> With with uh, J.K. Simmons, yeah, that's great. Oh. he got so wrapped up in his role, he thinks he actually is a drum teacher now. Yeah, <laughs> is he really? A, is he teaching you how to play the drums better? Not really, but he likes to yell and throw shit a lot. He's kind I of. I mean, he said he wanted to bulk up for Justice League, and he does it by lifting me. Is that that's yeah, teaching the that, drums, okay. right? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, anyway, so. Uh, I, I did enjoy the movie, and that was really intense. I felt myself like I was really sweating when that final performance was going on. Yeah, that was good. It was it was pretty good stuff. And then um, I was so happy that he went back to the stage. I, I was afraid that he was just going to walk off and it was going to be some other thing. But he went back. I was like, good, show him, and kind of took over conducting in a way. I was like, that's great. Yeah. And then he goes into this like 15-minute solo in between the songs that sucked. I... Oh really? I'm I'm not a drummer. I I mean I I know enough about drumming. I think to appreciate that. Yes, you're doing something different and unique, but uh, just because it's unique doesn't mean it's good. Um, and and no, most of that solo was sweet, was pretty good. But then he did this thing where it's like I'm doing a fast. Uh, Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, oh, kill yourself. Just, <laughs> at that point where he's just slowly hitting the yeah. snare. Dun, 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 well, I see his arms dun. were turning into the long rubbery things. And, and, the, and, 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 
and he was slowly, you know, mor- morphing. I wanted in. to be the invisible girl during that scene. Yes. <laughs> and I was watching it by myself. Um, and then he builds back up, and I'll cue you. It's okay. That's co- I mean, it had bits that were really cool during those scenes, but that I, I really felt like you want to see a good drum solo, go watch a live clutch performance where it's really interesting and unique and has highs and lows. Instead, it, this was just like, now I'm drum, kinda, slower, a little bit on the same drum. See, that means something. So was that maybe pretentious-y hipstery right there? Uh, I wouldn't say hipstery. I would just say okay. kind of pretentious. But, you know, Ooh. maybe I need to get John's review of it because he's a lifelong drummer. He could tell me if that means something. I can tell you right now, knowing John the way I do, he will tell you that it is not mashed potatoes. <laughs> uh, next one I'll touch on real quick. Um, let's get pieces out of the way. Is that yes. Won't, that won't oh, take long. Yes. That won't take long, except it'll take the rest of the episode. No, it won't, because <laughs> I got other stuff I'm dying to talk to you about that I haven't told you I've, I've watched. Um, okay. Pieces. So you are the captain of soft underbelly on this show. I am not, but occasionally you like to point things out my way and say, watch this. This is an amazing slasher film. It's one of the best of all time. Five times out of ten, it is not. Um, and then occasionally we come across a thing where uh, <laughs> me being the more picky of the uh, uh, the soft underbelly stuff, because I'm, it's not my wheelhouse, that's yours. But once in a while we run to a thing where it's like, you know what? You and me are on the same fucking page. And uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, Silent Night, Deadly Night, it took two watches. We are on the same page. And now this is my second watch of pieces. I got to say, oh, we're on the same page. This this <laughs> this shit is the shit right here. Oh, it's 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 crazy. It's insanity. I've only watched it once, but I was like, I don't even remember who the real killer is then i had some guesses but i don't think it was that guy because he's the too obvious guy and by the time it was all said and done i was like yeah yeah this is the shit right here (laughs) and it was funny we were texting about halfway through while i was watching it and you're like oh it's a glorious masterpiece of shit or something like that and i said no you know i think i'm about to drop that label i think it's just plain old awesome it's just great uh forget the shitty part i i think it's just great and then the kung fu scene happened (laughs) and was like nope you're right this is a piece of master shit (laughs) yeah it's just 85 minutes of random what works i don't know let's do everything and something will work so let's do everything. <laughs> I, the vast bulk of it works, but there's just sprinkled in throughout. There is it's a dozen random little weird things, almost vignettes of now this. And you're like the fucking what? Yeah. It's uh, like, why is this in here? It works what's... really well. But why is it in here? Why no, is this? No, no, no. That's where the shit part comes in is those yeah. scenes don't work. I, <laughs> I walk around a corner and a Kung Fu master tries to Kung Fu me to death and then once I knock him down, he claims, oh, I must have hit my head. We're friends now. See you, bye. <laughs> uh, am I tripping? Yeah. What's going yeah. on? Girl on roller skates and uh, moving company with a big piece of glass. And it's like the, mu- <laughs> the, the music gets all creepy. Like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? And crashes into the – I'm like, it had nothing to do with anything, but it was awesome. I'm like, that was <laughs> no, great. And I, I don't know why. It had nothing to do with anything, and it was in the movie. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that it was awesome. I would say that yeah. it happened in the movie. Yeah. 
And and the main suspect, yeah. oh, he's a part of the police investigation. Like, hey, we'll bring you on. We need yeah. we need help. You, yeah, you, you, C- come with us while we go investigate where we think a new murder has happened. Well, yeah. just just help us out by coming in here and touching a whole bunch of shit, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part though is still the anatomy professor who is like, well, what do you think the cause of death was? And he's like looking down at a bloody chainsaw, like, I don't know, maybe this, maybe. <laughs> And there's body parts strewn all over the place behind the chainsaw. One bloody chainsaw in the middle of just a yes. mass of carnage. Yeah. Man, there's I, so much. There's so much comedy gold in this thing too. I mean, girl in the elevator and the the killer walks in holding a chainsaw and she's like, "Hi, I'm like uh, what?" Uh, like he's walking in with a chainsaw and then all right, this will be all right. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be okay. Anyway, fantastic. I'm I'm try- not on board with you on a lot of slasher stuff, but uh, SNDN and Pieces, you, me, same page. That's Good. T- that's top Good. three slasher material there. I love oh, it. it's it's. I'm so glad to hear that. It seems it seems like the main main slasher movies you and I are on the same page with, like Sleepaway Camp and The Burning and. Yeah. Friday the 13th and the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, some of those, like, the true classics were on the same page. Still need to watch Prom Night. You still have got yeah, to watch Prom I've Night. I've never watched it. Yep, that's still one of my all-time favorites. I put it on the stack for this week. Uh, yep. I'll forget, so you have to remember. Okay, do a couple for me, sir. Okay, um, you know, I wanted to touch on this movie. I, I was hesitant, but I thought, eh, I, I guess I'm going to talk about it a little bit. This is one that is extreme underbelly. And I wrote a review that is going to be popping up on uh, on Movie Freak's Facebook page here soon, more than likely. But I, because of the topic that we were discussing earlier, I I had to bring this movie up, and uh, that is the 1983 home invasion movie Angst. Um, another one that my wife bought me for my birthday. Uh, this movie is. Bear with me one second. 2000 or 1983, Gerald uh, Cargill directed this movie, and um, it's I have never seen anything quite like this movie. And I'm gonna, I'm going to talk a lot more about this movie on my own podcast, so I don't want to spend too much time on it here. But sure. needless to say, uh, uh, Gaspar Noy does the introduction to this movie. Oh shit! And well, I can, that says something right there. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I can see why. You can totally see a lot of how Gaspar Noy, it, as a filmmaker, you can see where he got inspiration from, and it's from this. This I think it's a German-made movie, um, Austria. Uh, uh, briefly, brief synopsis here is: we are introduced to this man. Um, the camera work on this movie, I have never seen anything like this in my life. I'm 42. I've never seen anything like this. What year is this? 83. Seriously? It's that? Mm-hmm. Huh. It's, it, it's lots of body cam shots, like of, so, okay, so the movie starts with this guy randomly walking to a house and murdering an old woman. And here's where the camera work comes into play. This whole movie is, Either a camera strapped to the main this murderer, uh, so that we're seeing him walk, and the camera is kind of walking with him. It's either that, or it's like these really, really high crane shots that do long takes of following the action, following the scenes. Um, 
Which is what Gaspar Noy did with, uh, is it Into the Void or Enter the Void? Enter the, uh, the, Enter the Void, I think it's called. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically this guy, and then we go, after this murder in the beginning, we go into a several minute narration of this child and everything that has happened to this child as he grew up to become a complete batshit crazy psychopathic murderer. He gets thrown in jail for 10 years for the murder of this woman. And the movie then is the last like hour and 15 minutes of the movie is, I mean, they're, Police helicopters outside. Lord only knows what's going on. Holy shit! I mean, right over top of my head. My yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like welcome like, to Florida. Like, I can't even hear yeah. it. I hope it's, it's on like ten feet of Miami Vice. It's like ten feet above my like. <laughs> like there, it's a police helicopter. Michael anyway. Mann's right outside your window, just yes, filming the shit out of sudden, this. Yes. Are you the one that likes shitty hipster movies? I'm arresting you. Okay. So. <laughs> Are you the one that uh, speaks bad of them, you mean? Yes, yes, exactly. So anyway, the last hour and 15 minutes of the movie is we follow very closely this man as he gets out of prison. And what do I do? What? And and the entire movie is narrated through this guy's mind. We just hear his thoughts. Like Maniac? Um, Yes, yeah, like Maniac. Okay. Um, This is very much an art house type movie. Not sleazy, grindhousey type thing at all, like Maniac. Um, but we just hear this crazy person's inner thoughts of, okay, I'm out. Who do I kill first? How, how is the, what's the quickest way I can murder someone? It is, it is so disturbing and so uncomfortable and so just awful. Oh. But it's brilliant. The movie itself is brilliant. And it's, it's a home invasion movie. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have summed it up uh, very Movie well. Movie freaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I want to save some of this because yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get too carried away. coming to, to Movie one. Freaks uh, Facebook page. You know, no, no, no. Okay. So anyway, it's uh, yeah. Um, next up, let's do something a little bit more happy. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, here it comes. Uh, what was yeah. that? Angst. Here comes rage or death or yeah. plague or filth or. <laughs> Oh, let's see here. Um, I could go black exploitation. Did you? But do did I? You, did you uh, finish Buckaroo Banzai? I did. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I re- humbly request that one, please, sir. Okay. Um, you're not going to like this. <laughs> I I don't. I, you keep saying that like I've whole, wholeheartedly promoted this film, and I have not at all in any way, shape, or form. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, one half star for me. I wow, that hurts. hated this movie. Now, having said that, I watched the rest. I watched the rest of it this morning at about six a.m. after getting in oh, last yeah, night at yeah. one, and almost puking my brains out. So bear with me on. <laughs> that means on rewatch, you know, I actually I like really this. liked this movie. Two stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't get it. On, I, on, I, on. Before you get into that, a real quick recap of what I told you. So many years ago, it was before I was writing my, all of my reviews. As yeah. I went, I went and looked to see if I had a review for this, and I did not. Um, but my thoughts: this movie is a cult classic. A lot of people really dig this movie, and being the sci-fi dork, I'm a little more forgiving of it. But I again, I think I've only watched it once, and I was like, I 
really want to like this movie, but it's a piece of shit, and it's really hard to, but Peter Weller is cool, and yeah. I wish this movie had a budget, or something. Or a it's story, just, or something, yeah, there's a story, but, uh... I, I, I Honestly, I would put that on the shelf next to Howard the Duck. Here is a weird thing I've never seen in cinema before, and I kind of yeah. gotta own it to watch it every decade or so, just to remind myself that here's some weirdness. So yeah, I, I will give the movie that I will I, give this I movie that. I don't feel like I sold it to you as some ultra positive. You got to watch this shit. I I would say though that it is definitely the underbelly of cinema. It is. It is. I didn't. I didn't get it. Now, granted, I woke up still a bit drunk, and <laughs> and so I. And from there, it was like, oh, Eugene Crab is in this movie from SpongeBob, whatever that guy's name is. Uh, and, the Kurgan. I call him the Kurgan. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and there's aliens. And he went through a mountain on a car and John Lithgow popped up every now and then as a crazy, weird scientist I, I, guy. I love and, it. I love it that the most dicey reviews I give you where I'm like, eh, it's rough around the edges and whatever. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to watch this movie when I'm pissed off, hungover, hating life, and really just want to punch a dog. Yes. Now, and, now I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And I'm going to import it from the UK because Eric gave it a good review. No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, the, you were texting me. You're like, oh, you uh, buckaroo bonsai. I was like, fucking what about buckaroo? What? what? <laughs> nothing to do with me. I <laughs> so well, brace yourself, sir. There's a TV show coming based on Buckaroo Banzai from people yeah. who love Buckaroo Banzai, and it's yeah. gonna. And here's the thing: there is a seed of a good idea in there. There honestly is. I like the fact that there's like other dimensions inside our like. That's cool, and I I like that. But I'm like Jeff Goldblum's. Why? What? Uh, like rubber mask bad guys. I'm like I should like this, but there's no extreme hardcore violence or gore so i'm done i'm out <laughs> <laughs> hey I, I don't fault you at all i trust me my review was not that positive <laughs> i honestly probably would have gave that about a two uh, maybe a ultra forgiving 2.5 out of five um I, I really i just remember really really wanting to like it and yeah, yeah. I, hey, for, for, for that, we are on the same page with that. I really wanted to like it, but towards the end, I'm like, this is a slog to get through. And on top of that, my head is pounding. <laughs> it always like, helps. oh, this is like, why? No, it's uh, great. I, I, hold on. I want to change my review of pieces. So I, I go to watch pieces for the second time. This is one of Eugene's favorite uh, slasher movies of all time. <laughs> In walks Bill Cosby. Who would have thought? He's coming to my house. And I'm not one to turn down a drink. What do I know? So I wake up 15 minutes later. I'm watching Pieces. I'm getting rammed in the ass by Bill Cosby. <laughs> you know what, guys? I gotta say. Pieces, thumbs down. <laughs> Which is kind of what's going on here. Yeah, with that's kind of what's going on. 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Just pounding in the head instead of the ass. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm just... I'm just I'm just yeah. busting your balls. It's all right. Uh, Trust me. I'm not going to die on the Buckaroo Bonsai Hill for, for fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> I do look forward to the TV show though, because I hope that they can really make something out of that. I think it's going to be like one of those Netflix kind of originals. I think Kevin Smith is spearheading it and he's a huge fan of the uh, uh, original movie. Again, if, if, if you, if we, you or I had stumbled onto that at that time and it was some low budget thing, uh, 
that we just kind of found right when it came out, we might be huge fans of it or something. Yeah. But I didn't. I came to it way late. So, nah, not so much. But uh, Peter Weller, I kind of love him no matter what he's in. I'm sort of like, I like you. So I want to like whatever you're in. Oh, he's great. He is... I the, the, the casting, there's so many big names in that movie... And, but it's like, it's something. Uh, well, anyway, they weren't okay, big, big names at the time. They became big names. That's okay. True. Yeah. Uh, oh, I want to talk to you about all three of these movies and I don't think I'm going to have time. Uh, Tony Robbins, I am not your guru. This is a, let's change it up since we've been doing soft underbelly. I need to break away from it a bit because mm-hmm. the other stuff I have is a bit soft underbelly. Uh, it's uh, Tony Robbins. I am not your guru is a documentary on Netflix. Uh, and you definitely need to check this out. I, okay. you know, arm length knowledge of uh, Tony Robbins, but I heard of people on other podcasts talking about it. So I was like, that sounds kind of interesting. And so I got to check it out. And they said that, you know, at two hours, it's a little long and they're right. It's a little long, but I still stayed in for the whole thing. And I'm not telling you you necessarily have to do that, but at least stay for the first hour. It's okay. very, not what I was expecting. Um, he cusses at people. He is an inspiration. You know Tony Robbins, right? Yes, yes. Inspirational speaker. He does these seminars where he charges everybody 5K a seat for like six days. We'll sometimes do like 12 hours a day with these people doing his uh, self-improvement, whatever. See, I hate all that shit. I hate self and- yeah. self-improvement yeah. books. And I, I think it's... <sighs> My my uh, core instinct wants to say it is fucking garbage, but you know what? They really do help some people, and if you're one of those people that you need, it helps you, then God bless, man. Do it. Do yeah. it. For me, it's sort of like, you want to change yourself? Change yourself. Today's the day. Be over and done with it. You, you want to make that decision? Do it. You're done. Yeah. Um, that's it. But, you know, for some people, that it, it's a really positive thing and so i don't want to shit on it yeah i i know a few people that could probably stand to read a few books or <laughs> or listen to a few seminars but anyway go on <laughs> so anyway it was not what i was expecting i was expecting that uh kind of really ultra generic it's so hard to explain with this kind of bullshit but it's that that gen- really generic kind of psychic uh, tarot card garbage where it's like Oh, you're going to meet the guy in five days who's going to, not necessarily predicting your future, but uh, uh, just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just real generic kind of um, Zodiac advice. Today is the day to make that change. Or uh, today you're going to meet the person. Uh, don't bypass their uh, 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 advice because uh, uh, that's the piece that you're looking for or some bullshit like that. And it was yeah. not like that at all. Tony Robbins walks down into a huge crowd of people and says, what's your problem? Why are you su- suicidal? And the guy's like, well, this and this and this and this and rapes when I was a kid. And he looks at him and goes, are, are you done fucking crying? Are you done uh, masturbating on your yeah. own tube sock? And he just says like insane stuff where I'm like, what? This guy's going to kill himself right in front of you. Um, and, and then he <laughs> it is... It turns out to be a really helpful thing for the guy. He walks him through a couple of steps where I'm like, that's, uh, that's pretty decent advice. It's kind of, kind of falls into that generic, um, stuff that I was talking about, but yeah, 
at the same time, he and he talks about all the swearing later. He says, no, it's, I, I swear at them on purpose because it breaks up the brain from just coasting. It makes them listen for a little bit. They're, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, shit, I'm getting cussed at in front of 5,000 people. What's happening? You know, yeah. uh, guy's calling me a dickhead in front of all these people. Oh, wow. I didn't, you know, somebody came there for positive <laughs> reinforcement and suddenly has this like six foot four giant buff dude with humongous teeth and a insanely deep voice screaming at them. It's very strange. It, it was like a train wreck. I couldn't take my eyes off of, uh, but I, two hours. That's a, that's a marathon that's a commi- for a documentary. It really, yeah. I mean, it is, but I'm just telling you, watch just the first hour. Just start. Just watch the first kind of hour. Okay. And then turn it off. No biggie. You got the gist. But I... Okay. I, I, that's the way it was sold to me as, uh, you know, you only need to watch the first hour. But I, I finished it. I watched the whole thing. I was like, this is interesting to me. It's, it's weird. He's weird. This is all weird. It's all very strange to me. It's kind of a scam. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I, could, I had to see it end. And it was... By the time it was done, it was, I was glad that I watched the whole two hours. Even if it was nice. a tad long. Um, okay. I, you know what? Actually, we're early. Want to do a long show tonight? I don't give a shit. Go for it. <laughs> okay. I got, um, next I got up, two more that I'm dying okay. to talk to you about, but okay. back to you. The, the, one of the main ones I want to talk to you about and just, just review briefly here is a movie that, uh, again, I, I got hooked up for my birthday and here's another movie that I got hooked up with. Um, and this is another underbelly. Well, I love that every movie you got for your birthday was on your wish list and is now turning out to be a complete piece of shit. That's that's what I'm hearing. (laughs) Complete. Uh, No, this one is not. And this one here, you will be watching. You like these types of movies, and I think that you would really dig this movie here. And that is 1972's Cutthroats 9. Oh, uh, yeah. You talked about this on Underbelly, on your show? Um, I, I don't know if I reviewed it yet. Did I review it? No, I don't. I don't think. I, oh, wow! <laughs> oh, great break. Ugh. Glad we took a break. It's awesome. <laughs> don't even know what happened on your own show. It's awesome. Um, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you reviewed it over there. I. It sounded uh, well, really awesome. It's. You said yeah. it was uh, definitely the lead up to Tar- Tarantino's Hateful Eight. <laughs> a wagon load of convicts are on the way to uh, be executed, and. Uh, they're uh, they they get they get held up by these band of robbers or whatever and murder ensues and then they're now they're on foot and um they're all chained together like they're all literally like they can't all escape so these this band of convicts and a uh, a warden and his daughter are trying to lead them to their destination on foot uh, this is a spaghetti western. Although it was a Spanish production, it is it's a spaghetti western. I mean, through and through, this is spaghetti going on. Um, the reason that this movie has uh, gained some notoriety is because it was re-edited back in the seventies to uh, to include some more graphic violence to appeal to the Forty Second Street crowd. Wow! And it, it and so this is the uncut version. And let me tell you. This thing is nuts. This is a this is a western, like a fairly straightforward western. It is gory, like really horror movie gory. Uh, I of course loved it, of of course. Um, but yeah. it's it's a genuinely good movie. Like there's 
a lot of nods. I think that Tarantino used a lot of this or, or was inspired by this movie for The Hateful Eight. Um, and even honestly, it's like, even The Revenant, I got a little bit of that. Like this, the desolate landscape of where, because it's a lot of snow. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought if you are in the mood for like 90 minutes of just really bad people trying to kill each other in the old West and you're like, what's going to happen next? Who's going to die and how are they going to get it? Because it's going to be gory, however it is. And then all, all you need to know is if you want to know what makes for a happy Eugene when the credits roll or a lack of credits is just the fr- the frame just freezes and slowly the word Finn just <laughs> just just appears and, and goes closer and closer to the the screen. I'm like, perfect. The movie is a masterpiece. That's <laughs> great. I love when they do that. Uh, but me too. it's a the, the director was Joaquim Lewis. Or Louise Romero Marchant. So, there you go. Oh, I'm glad, um, I'm glad I know that now. Why, why? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, I said that because he's done other movies. And back to you. Including, okay, okay. Uh, you yeah. did four, I did three, so I'm gonna wrap it up. Yeah. I, I'm gonna give you a choice, but I'm, I'm gonna sell it to you hard. Okay. You have a choice of one of two films. The Beastmaster. Ooh, or um, Working Girl, recently re-released by Arrow. Was it Arrow? I, I think it was Arrow put that one out. Working, Working Girl, Girl. Melanie Griffith, Harrison Ford. Oh. Um, well, I mean, that's easy. Well, uh, uh, is it oh. so easy? Because Arrow is putting it out, or, or one of your niche companies. Are you yeah. sure? Ah, uh, but Mike Nichols and comedy, romance, Bob, but Alec Baldwin's in it, so, huh. Yep, that's one of the first roles I remember seeing Alec Baldwin in. Okay, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's, let's go with Working Girl. Oh, I am actually, I, I'm actually, literally, if you would have said, oh, MGM put that out, or whoever, I'm, who Lord only knows what the releasing company was like, are you sure you don't want to hear Paramount's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Release of, Okay. Uh, so I went ahead and hit play. I wanted to rewatch this movie because I haven't seen it since the VHS days. And I remember renting it multiple times. And I remember thinking back then, going back to the VHS days, uh, thinking, you know, even when it was all said and done, I liked that movie and it was cool. And there was strong woman characters, female characters in there. And I dug it in a weird kind of way, even though I kind of hated Sigourney Weaver, but I should like her because aliens... Um, yeah. Anyway, so let's hit play on this bitch again. Let's see what happens. I, I really enjoyed this movie. It's a great movie. It really is a really, really damn good movie. Um, would you like it? I have no idea whatsoever. But uh, there is extremely strong uh, female characters, female roles, um, breaking glass ceilings in this movie left and right. I still, it's hard for me to hate Sigourney Weaver, but I want to hate Sigourney Weaver. (laughs) It's just, I grew up loving her from Aliens being so strong, so it's hard for me to watch her being such a bitch, but she is such a bitch in this movie. But on the other hand, Melanie Griffith 
sticks it to her, and I love that. I just want to, there's several points in this movie I want to stand up and cheer for her because she's so great. Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford, and he's awesome. He's, he's kind of playing a, uh, stock market Indiana Jones, um, being that classic good guy that you and I grew up with. And, but he does not, oh, maybe he does a little bit. I have, when it comes to the feminism part, I start to get a little, I have to check myself because does she succeed because he backs her or does she succeed on his own and him backing her was just a byproduct? It just so happens that she maybe gets a step up because in this patriarchal kind of uh, environment, Harrison Ford takes a stand and backs her, so she gets a little bit of a leg up in the, uh, hmm, how do I put it? Uh, horrible society that's been devised, whatever. Um, but overall, when it's all said and done, I, I really enjoyed this movie a second time around, and I, I, I need to have this movie in my collection. Will you, really? will, okay. will you like this movie? I honestly, I don't think you give a shit. <laughs> okay. You might like it. It's probably a one and done for you. It's worth taking the trip just for the gigantic hairstyles. Holy shit. The first half of this movie, the big hair is in full on effect with no regard for gravity whatsoever. And love it. Oh, yeah. no, it's horrible. It's so bad. Uh, but you'll like it. Uh, Honestly, I don't. I I'd be surprised if you ever sat down and watched this movie. It, it, it'll be like Buckaroo Banzai. A decade from now, you'll sit down and watch this and be like, "Eric said this was the greatest thing in the world. Why did I buy this oh, I, uh, yes. Blu-ray from a cube blue cube from Russia that <laughs> transmits in 3D across my whole room? Yeah, it cost me a thousand dollars. You said you, you said this was the best movie you ever saw. <laughs> Uh, not by a long stretch, but I, I very much enjoyed this film. I really did. I, I by, by the time it was it was over, it was like almost a little teary in spots. It was like, good for you, man. Good for you, girl. Uh, you did it. You got through there. You did. You you, you know. And then the other part of me goes, looks at it from a, a feminist point of view from nowadays, and it's yeah. like. Wow, you really broke through the glass ceiling of the 80s, and it's like, welcome to the glass ceiling of the 90s, where you have a nice um, uh, office, and you're not, you're, you're still dominated by men. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, wow. It's absolutely horrible, but. Um, okay. Hey, uh, uh, any glass ceiling broke through, is a, that's a good thing. So, uh, uh, I, I, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, I think. We were like, why is Arrow or whoever putting that out? And uh, I still don't know the answer to that question, but I'm here to tell you, I still think this is a damn good movie. Well, I will maybe watch it sometime. In about a decade <laughs> on the Holocaust. <laughs> uh, do you want to do another one? You want to wrap it up? We've already gone long tonight. And we're um, still... you know, I, I'm going to do one more and then I'm done. Go for and it. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up because I'm, I'm, I can tell I'm, uh, I'm still hurting from last night's uh, shenanigans. Um, David Cronenberg's 1975 Shivers. Okay, now remind me, was this the roulette I watched? Yes. With the sluggy sex things. Yes. Okay, and I gave yep. it a mild thumbs up. Yes. Now, don't don't I... say that like you're disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, re I recall you liking the movie. Um, I yeah, this is an easy. Thumbs up for me. Okay. I didn't love it, but we're on the same page here. 
Um, it what's cool is I so like David Cronenberg. I can see so many of his other movies in this movie, and so I, I it's almost like I can see where he was heading. That I liked the movie even more than if it would have been a one-off, like from some no-name director. That oh, he did a couple other things, I guess, and then that's it. But it's like it's not a great movie, but it's the beginnings of the body horror that he would come become known as, like The Fly Absolutely. and I, and Existence. It's like those are I love those movies, and seeing this, it's like it's not that good, not by a long shot, but it's like. Okay, I see what you're doing here, and it's like, okay, you're taking the Night of the Living Dead and kind of turning it on its on its ear, and even ahead of its time with the whole sexual transmitted disease going on, like everybody's in this building, and they're transmitting this sexually transmitted disease. Sexuality is a huge um, aspect of all of his films that I've seen yeah, so far. Yeah, and the whole body horror thing is in there, and it, what I like about it, though, is that you can tell even back in the 70s, he's already trying to push the envelope. Like, there's a lot of uncomfortable scenes, and the subject matter is just so gross. It never reaches the heights of, like, The Brood or um, some of his other later movies, but it that was a solid, for a first movie, man, solid movie. Solid movie. I agree. That, that, that mirrors very much what I recall from my first watching and that was a roulette at some point i i suppose i should have the uh episode pulled up but it was sort of like uh, this the cronenberg seeds were planted and it oh, yes. was planted hard and I, that's why it was um, uh, a passing thumbs up for me as well exactly yeah. as you said it was like i see what's to come oh yes yeah, Barbara Steele is in this. Yep. And I'm like, oh, Barbara Steele's in this. That's awesome. Yep. And and I will say that this is an Arrow Blu-ray, so I watched all the special features, which were tons. And that even even that made the movie all the better to hear what he had to go through to get this thing made, the negativity that this movie got when it was released, and they actually used that to its advantage, like the negativity and the like, oh, this movie is disgusting and gross and whatever. It's like, okay, well, we'll use that. Yeah. Let's it, that that actually made the movie uh, do bigger dollars at the box office, and from there he got the gig for Rabbit, and he did you know others, and now the rest is history. He's a great director, but um, I'm looking forward to watching it again. It's it's not perfect, but uh, again, I've all of my movies have been underbelly stuff. This is a very much an underbelly <laughs> movie. That's okay, but that's all. All I've been watching, like, and I haven't even hit on the Pam Greer movie Coffee, which is black exploitation gold. <laughs> That's um, all right. We got plenty of time. We'll, we'll be hitting so, on the the Beastmaster next episode, or at least for, yes. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else for this episode? That's it. Okay. I wanted to uh, start moving the uh, contact info to the front of the episode, and once again, we forgot and uh, yep. we did not. But that's okay because it was your turn we're gonna start passing that off and it will be yeah. uh you're gonna do it next episode that's it uh we're gonna okay. go back and forth at the front of the episode uh but since uh we forgot uh movie freaks pod is your keyword at yahoo.com for mail facebook.com is our main page where you can get our written reviews and the bulk of what we do and at movie freaks pod for the twitter and i think that's gonna do it for this episode i'm eric marner and i am Eugene Weaver. We'll see you next time. And remember, kids, 
Just because our hipster pretentious bullshit is not your hipster pretentious bullshit does not mean it does not valid art. Watch everything. See you next time. Thanks for listening.